Lamb <laughs> Brewing Company, Columbus, Ohio. I'm good at that. Oh, that's good. Did you like that? Were you recording that one? Yeah. Land Grant Brewing presents Land Grant University. Beers with the Brewers. Welcome back once again to another episode of the Beers with the Brewers podcast. We are recording live from the Land Grant Brewing Company. As we do every Friday, and uh, we release these episodes weekly on Thursday. And I am uh, Land Grant co-founder and cre- creative director Walt Keys. I'm joined by a esteemed panel today. Um, we'll start with the, the the more usual guest. Eric Hafner is here with us today. Howdy, everybody. Um, what's your title? <laughs> director of Brewery Operations. Yep, nailed it. Got it. I got it right. Look at that. We're also joined by relative newcomer to the podcast. You've made one brief appearance. Victor Poole joins us today. Hey, good to be here. And a very special guest from outside of our walls, Whitney Thompson, from uh, the head of procurement from Origin Malts, is here with us. Greetings. Welcome. Today we are talking about um, a favorite beer uh, around here at the tap room in the brewery. A beer we've talked about on this podcast a couple times, but um, a beer that is... I don't want to say new and improved, but it's been tweaked and improved a touch, and it's as crushable as ever and delicious, and currently on tap at the tap room. House Beer, a premium lager that we try and have mostly year-round here at the tap room, um, and joining us to talk about it today is Victor. So, Victor, tell us about this beer. Yeah, so uh, this is what I would call a brewer's beer, for sure, uh, just because it's, it's super drinkable and relatively low in alcohol. But really, it's a it's a beer for everybody. I mean, this is what we're calling premium American lager. It is just super clean, drinkable lager beer. So um, alcohol's four six. Um, one of the things that we've done to it recently is actually dialed back the IBUs a little bit. Um, they were about twenty five, and so we've brought those back to about fifteen IBUs, which really has helped with the drinkability. Um, it finishes really clean and really smooth. The hops that we're using for that bitterness are uh, Tetnang. Uh, German hop that provides really just a, a light bit of bitterness uh, and then a really nice kind of floral component that we we enjoy in this beer. Um, but it's really all about the malts and the malt drinkability here, and that's that's why we have Origin on to kind of talk about how the Pilsen that's in here contributes uh, to the flavor and to the body. Um, and that's another thing we've changed with the recently. The, the base malt is now um, Origin Pils, so that's about 90% of the grist. Uh, we got a little bit of Vienna malt in there that provides just a little bit of sweetness, a little bit of color, um, and a little bit of body, but we want to keep it light. So we also have um, a really small addition of flake corn to, to keep the beer dry and drinkable. And it's it's brewed with uh, the, the most popular lager strain in the world, 3470. What does 3470 mean? Uh, it's, Where uh, do those numbers come from? <laughs> I, I actually have no idea. I don't, oh, I don't, do you have any idea what the, what the 3470 is? I don't actually know exactly what the 3470 designation is. Every different East company has a different number designation or name designation for the particular strain, but it is a strain, I believe, that evolved from Weinstefan. Yep. So um, so it's a German strain, very traditional, and has that beautiful lager quality. Been around for a long time. Yes. Super clean, super yes. consistent. 
beautiful, beautiful. So, taste. yeah, let's, uh, Whitney, if you want to kind of get into what Origin Malt does, who Origin Malt is, and then, you know, talk about, about the Pilsner Malt a little bit. Sure, I'd be happy to. Hi, everybody. Um, so, we are, I work for Origin Malt, I manage procurement, and a uh, little background about the business itself. We are based here in Ohio, and uh, the co-founders, Victor Thorne and Ryan Lang, wanted to determine one day whether or not it would be possible to grow barley and potentially grow malting quality barley in this region because Ryan is a distiller. He knew he could purchase corn and he knew he could purchase wheat from the state of Ohio, but he did not have access to malting quality barley. One of the things that's very unique about malting quality barley is that it has to work for three different entities. It has to work for the farmer, it has to work for the maltster, and it has to work for the brewer. And the last time malting quality barley was grown in Ohio was before prohibition for malting quality. So four of the five largest malt houses were in the state of Ohio, but prohibition hit. Growers had to find alternatives of crops to grow in the ground. So that's why we saw a lot of corn and soybeans come into this region. And eventually when brewing came back into our world, barley was grown in the West. So Montana, Idaho, um, Wyoming, and also tons and tons of barley is grown in Canada, a spring variety. So typically growers are planting in April or May, and then they're harvesting in September-ish, sometimes as early as August, but most often September. When Ryan and Vic went out on this quest and trying to find a variety that might grow well in Ohio, we knew that a spring variety probably wouldn't work because there is a fair amount of humidity in Ohio. And so they teamed up with Dr. Eric Stockinger from Ohio State University, who's a wheat geneticist, but also an avid home brewer and had a great interest in growing malting quality barley to see what might grow well here. So he actually went to seed banks across the world and found a strain that grew really well in Ohio. And he put many, many strains in many, many different plots. It takes several years to find a variety that might work well. Uh, and the variety that he found that works well for us in the beginning is Puffin. And that's the, the name of this particular variety. It's a lineage of Mirasader. If any, any brewers are listening, they might have some familiarity with that. It's a very popular United Kingdom grown variety that has some very um, s very specific traits with its plumpness and its extract qualities and its flavor. So we were very excited to know the lineage of the barley. And then the big next question was, can it, can it make good malt if it can grow well in the fields? So we did a lot of trials and tests and this has actually been about 15 years in the making now. So we're, we're quite a ways along. Whitney, can you, can you describe a little bit what those like test plots were like, what that looked like and like how, how you evaluated or how they evaluated what would work or what wouldn't? Sure. So the test plots are all over the country actually. So I, I don't know exactly where Eric put all of his varieties and I'm certain that he focused in Ohio but typically when you're growing research varieties they get grown in different nurseries they call them nurseries breeding nurseries all over the country and they get evaluated in a very specific manner so they plant like a small plot um, maybe it's 10 feet by 10 feet it's not very large at all they harvest it and they have very specific and very cute small combines 
to very specifically only harvest that particular variety in um, in the nursery. And then they test it all for malting quality to determine whether or not it could meet the specifics for a brewer. So one of the keywords that comes to mind that can really kind of um, make people's ears perk up or not perk up is, for example, beta-glucan. So a brewer doesn't want high beta-glucan in their beer because it creates problems in their mash. It creates problems with your extract and your louder. And um, if the, the, the folks that are testing the malting quality varieties that are in these plots ends up having high beta-glucan, then the maltster knows this variety isn't going to be right for the brewer. So every single variety goes through different tests, and typically it's over a series of years because one year isn't going to give you a very representative sample of whether or not the barley is suitable for malting quality because environmental conditions play such a big role. Mother Nature is a force to be reckoned with, so you never know what she's going to give you, so you want to make sure that you're giving it a fair shot every year to ensure that, that you have picked varieties that are suitable for brewers that are also going to be consistent year over year in keeping specific quality parameters in place. Um, so, yeah, thank you. Is yeah. It, does that, is that like, how many years does that does it take? You know, we talk with uh, hop breeders about how long it takes for them to, to go from crosses to something that's in commercial production, something like, you know, 10 years or so. Is it is it that long or is it? Yes, actually it is. If you're starting from the very beginning with like the double haploid process where you take one barley plant and you take another barley plant and you marry it together and go through that natural genetics process, it can take up to 10 years for a barley variety to be verified and validated as being suitable for malting quality. And then you have to go through the seed scaling process. So at that point in time, maybe you only have 10 bags of this particular variety that you need to grow up to hundreds if not hundreds of thousands of metric tons depending on the demand that there is from the brewers so it takes quite a while yeah. well you you can stop us i know we're getting nervous no this so, is great know, this is exactly i'm, I'm gonna keep want. asking yeah. science yeah. class here. here like i'm fascinated <laughs> <laughs> i'm here to learn early so yeah no i mean you know i'm i am not a brewer i mean i've obviously i've worked in the brewing industry for i guess 10 10 years or so now but you know i'm always still fascinated when when you guys get into the super technical stuff because that's you know that is outside of my day-to-day um you know i have a very like broad understanding of the brewing process and then you know malting and and growing hop growing and all that stuff but like to really hear the nuts and bolts and, and like the um how it all comes together is really interesting and really kind of like an inspiring thing that like this is not it's not an operation you can just you know pop up and start it and like oh we'll see if this works or not it's like you really got to be committed um because it, yeah, it's it's years, it's decades before that that crop, you know, whether it's whether it's barley or hops or whatever. I mean, you've got to really be committed to cr- creating a great product, and um, you know, I think because it requires that sort of commitment, it 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 it, it, it shows in the in the product, the end result. So yeah, always. I want I want Whitney to talk a, a little more about origin, but it's I mean, it's one of the reasons that we're working with you is you know the commitment that you guys have made and, and like i i've heard the story a little bit but every time i hear a little more i'm like oh my god there's so much that goes into it so it's it's always like great to kind of hear the backstory and understand how much of a process this is and has been to get to this point that we're you know making making great beer with your with your nice malts it's a labor of love 
And I have a friend in the malting industry who I recently connected with, and he said it's a very humbling business, and you need to have a sense of humor. <laughs> so that's something that I will never forget because it's so true, because it is a really long time to get to the right varieties. And thankfully now, we've put a very strategic plan in place so that Puffin is not our only variety. And we intend to have varietal evolution over time because everybody wants that. It's not just origin malt that wants that. It's the growers that want that. And it's the brewers that want that. Because what is the next best thing that can have amazing efficiencies in your brew house or bring that je ne sais quoi that, uh, that a, a brewer's malt could potentially bring to your brewery? So... Um, Europe has really been on the up and up and very fast turnaround of varieties over the years. And that's actually because they have a really big feed market. And so in Europe, it's a bonus if your barley makes molten quality. Whereas here in the States, growers are growing to make molten quality. And if they don't make molten quality, that can be catastrophic. Um, so one of the things that we've done is not only provide grower education, so growers are, as soon as they come on board with, with growing with Origin Malt, they are educated on how and what they can do within their control, because Mother Nature we can't control, what can they do within their control to hopefully make malting quality, knowing that there will potentially be a risk, um, there always is. And so another thing that we've done in order to strengthen and help catapult our our growers into a place where they feel like they have less risk is working with the Federal Crop Insurance Commission and gathering data on the malting barley varieties that we're growing here in the states or here in Ohio. We grow in other states around us as well, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Indiana, and, um, and making sure that they have malting quality barley insurance. So if they don't make quality, they're still covered by a very specific barley endorsement for malting quality itself. So and, and then that can go to feed if they don't make malting barley quality? That's right. Yep. Yeah, but we were told it would take us about 10 years to get the insurance um, for the growers because we would need 10 years of good quality data. And we actually had great quality data within about three years worth of, oh. worth of numbers. That's so awesome. we we're very, very, very proud of our growers and uh, and very excited about the fact that uh, we were given a great opportunity to, to help our growers thrive here with continuing the quest of more malting quality barley. Yeah, can you talk a little bit about, you know, why a, a farmer in Ohio might want to put in a, a I guess you, you, you mentioned spring barley. Have you really got into, winter, yeah, talk about winter barley and, and why a grower might want to put, you know, your barley in the ground. Sure. Yeah, I can, like, talk about one subject for a long period of time, so feel free to, like, tell me to navigate. No, that's great. That's what podcasting <laughs> is. Navigate <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> um, because it's also, in it is all interesting when you actually think about the nuts and bolts of it, because hops is so much, it's talked so much more, even from the consumer level, about... Um, that hops are sexy. Hops are sexy. So how do we like get malt and malting quality barley there? I think part of it's getting everybody in the fields. Like let's get consumers in the fields. Um, but I, I think that in terms of and navigating back to why we're growing not spring barley, we're growing winter barley. Puffin is a winter variety, and the reason for that is primarily because of disease concerns. Um, so if we were to grow a spring barley, barley in Ohio and the surrounding regions, because humidity levels can get so high in the summertime, that makes disease risk a lot higher. 
Um, so planting a winter barley was really a no-brainer from the get-go. Doesn't mean that we didn't plant spring varieties. We did. Um, but they just really, we haven't found one that works yet. We hope that we will one day. Uh, but a winter barley gets planted in about October, sometimes as early as September. And then it grows a little bit, just like grass. If you look at it in the field, it looks just like grass. And then it goes into the dormancy period when it gets cold. So over the winter, it just rests. It actually needs that. If it's a, if it's a true winter barley, it needs that period of time to literally go into a process called vernalization, which means that that vernalization process is true dormancy. It will allow the plant to flower once it starts to grow again in the spring. And then when March comes around, you start to see the barley green up again. And then that's when it starts to form heads and you see it grow really tall and it can get, I mean, some barley varieties can get as high as above your hip, mm -hmm. but uh, Puffin, I've been in some fields, I was just in some fields yesterday and it varied from kind of the middle of my thigh, about three feet up to a foot and a half, depending on the, the field that I was in. Um, so growers are harvesting this in mid-June to early July, depending on where they are latitudinally. Is that the word? Is that a word? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like yeah. it to me. Yeah. Yeah. I was convinced. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but they, they harvest. So some of the growers that are in this latitude will be harvesting as early as next week. And then the farther we go north, they'll harvest maybe a week later, a few days later, depending on how the crop is maturing in their field and what the moisture content is. So what you're saying is you're like really busy right now and you're taking some time to hang out with us? Yeah, <laughs> totally, absolutely. Oh, it's nice to change it up. Yeah. This is my favorite little, time of year. A little beer break, you know? Yeah, a beer break is never a bad idea. I actually took a beer break here yesterday after hey. coming out of the fields because it's needed. Especially yeah. after being in the hot sun for most of the day. So, yeah, you no. need a beer. It's my favorite time of year, though, because getting in the fields and seeing how the crop looks and talking to the growers because they're so excited about it and they want to make sure they're doing the right thing. Like, that's really, it's really fun. It's exciting. And what the farmers are really excited about is the fact that they can harvest the barley around this time of year and put a double crop of soybeans in and have two harvests on the same plot of land in the same year. Yeah. So they're making extra income more than they would with just a single crop in most scenarios. Yeah. So yeah. And you don't have to convince anybody to pull soybeans out of the ground or no. corn out of the ground or whatever. You, yeah, they can still get it in there. Precisely. Um, it means that we compete a little bit with wheat because wheat is also a winter crop here in the state of Ohio. Um, and wheat actually harvests a little bit later than barley. So growers really like the idea of growing barley because every day matters when you put in a double crop soybean. So if they can harvest the barley and literally have the planter behind the combine, which actually happens, wow. it's incredible to watch. Okay, so they're, 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 they're pulling it out and they're putting the beans right in afterwards. Wow. They don't waste a minute. It's incredible. Oh. Um, they, they then hopefully yield a good crop by the time October, November comes around. If they plant the right season of soybean there's there's a very strategic piece to the puzzle when it comes to soybean varieties and and the maturity of soybeans that plays a big role in how well their harvest will be after the barley so farmers are working with their agronomists to make sure that they're making the right decisions but i've had a grower tell me that his double crop soybeans 
had a better harvest than his full crop soybeans behind barley. There so you go. Any farmers listening, there you go. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yes. Talk to me if you'd like to grow <laughs> some barley <laughs> in Ohio or the surrounding states. <laughs> well, and you, you have some advantage, too, from the, the winter crop when it comes to climate change, right? And you know, The last few years have been, uh, let's just say, challenging with um, barley coming out of the Great Plains areas and 100%. the weather we've had. Yes, I think this, and and this is echoed throughout the the networks that I'm connected with. This is a really big piece of the puzzle for a lot of the brewing industry, and people are paying attention because spring varieties are in trouble. The climate has been challenged, and it's not holding it's not holding any stops, right? So there's there has come a time where having alternatives and understanding whether or not crops can be grown in different areas and different varieties and everyone's starting to adapt to what that looks like because humans humans adapt we will continue to adapt and hopefully we'll make the right decisions when it comes to climate right but the challenges are in front of us so growing climate change is real (laughs) yeah yes (laughs) it's true it's tough yeah um anyhow i digress uh, it's a wonderful crop. We're super proud of our farmers, and it's making beautiful malt. So Puffin makes a beautiful malt. We also have some other varieties behind it. Regina is one that we recently um, uh, had approved through the American Malting Barley Association, so we're really excited to be debuting that. This year it made its first debut into some of our brewers' uh, breweries. But uh, we want to be cutting edge on the varieties that are coming through the pipeline and that is really important because we want to continually be evolving but puffin has been such a great starter for us because not only does it make a beautiful pilsen malt which is in this lovely house beer and has that lovely malty flavor and it's clean and it's crisp it it delivers on everything it's beautifully it's light to. It is yeah it's really bright um a really bright <coughs> beer yeah one of the one of the things I love so much about the Pilsen is it's super, super light in color. And so if you want to do other things with it, you can you basically have this blank canvas that has a great flavor, but really, really light color. And if you want to make something that's really light like this beer, you can do that. Victor, is this the malt that we've used in this beer throughout its history, or is this a new recipe? No, this is just like in the last uh, maybe three or four months. Um, and actually, uh, I'm just going to plug this now. Um, we are moving all of our loggers that we produce on a production scale to uh, origin Pilsen base malt. So um, there are there are some other beers that are actually Bra- breaking, on right now. Breaking that news it. on the podcast. <laughs> hey. there's, a, there's a wit beer on right now, um, not a lager, but a wit beer on that has a bunch of uh, origin pills. And then um, basically the rest of the production beers that we're producing this year have uh, origin pills as a base malt. I mean, that makes perfect sense because I've been a house beer drinker ever since uh, it, we started tapping it uh, you know, about, uh, I think, a couple of years ago. It was made its first appearance. And uh, this is the best it's ever tasted. So I'm a big fan of this beer already. And it's, it's as good as ever. Yeah, it's been a minute since I've had one. Um, just listeners of the podcast know I, I tend more towards the, the hoppy side of things. But, um, man, it is – it tastes amazing. <laughs> you don't have any left. I know. I finished mine. <laughs> there you go. That's as, as good, good lead. I thought we had a beer runner for this. Like, isn't there somebody who's, <laughs> who's like, just delivering or – yeah. Um, no, it uh, it went down extremely quickly and easily, and it's delicious. And um, I need to reconsider my orders and drink more of this beer. I think. Well, I think that's a great segue into crushability. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. You want to get? You want to go we there? Doing now? it? We going now? I mean, I did sort of tee it up there. <laughs> <laughs> so we probably should. I like that we're calling this an American uh, premium lager because I was thinking, like, just as I was like drinking, I'm like, man, if I was, you know, 80 years ago, off at war, and I came back, this would be the exact sort of style of beer I'd want to make me feel like I was home again, like coming back and. That was incredible. I know, right? Yeah, I know. So this is uh, World War II. <laughs> this is designed. In a, I feel beer. like it's designed in a lab to be a six crusher. So I can't give you any other answer but a six. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think that's the correct answer for this one. Um, as always, be sure to uh, drink and crush responsibly. So if you're going to drink six beers, be sure you have a ride home, or you already are home. Um, but yeah, I think this is a delicious, and especially perfect for this time of year. Perfect for a cookout. Perfect for a you know trip to the lake, trip to the beach, um, camping. You name it. I mean, this is this would pair well with just about any any sort of activity. I, I will say I like that we call it a premium American lager, but when people ask me what it is, I tell them it's fucking lager because <laughs> that's what it is and uh as far as crushability i don't know if the ba would allow <laughs> us to put that on a label but hey that might be we'll a new check. style might be a new style you don't know <laughs> um i'm yeah i'm going six uh, until it goes into a 12 pack going six <laughs> until yeah it goes i was to gonna say pack. 11 yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> why not take it to 11 i like it all right Drink well, responsibly go to yes of course i think that's a unanimous uh for for the purposes of this, uh, yeah, that's the gong ring. We might not hear it here, yeah. but the listeners will hear it. Yeah, for <laughs> unanimous six crusher. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So if if folks want to find out more about Origin Malt, what is the best w- way for them to do that? Uh, contact Nathan at yeah. <laughs> <laughs> visit us at originmalt.com. Okay. Um. There's contact information there. And, um, of course, if you know folks from the land grant crew, you can connect. Yeah. Come talk there. to me. I, these, yeah. these folks are great. Uh, I've been working with them for a number of years now and, uh, it's just, they're a, they're really good people. I love the story. I love what they're doing. It's great to be able to use something that's, that's grown here in Ohio. Um, and that's of really good quality. So, um, yeah, if you're, if you're around and you want to talk about origin malt and Whitney's not here, Nathan's not here. Or Vic's not here, which sometimes they are. Um, talk to me. <laughs> Perfect. Ben Victor's here. You can always find Victor in the tap room at 3 o'clock on Fridays <laughs> recording beers at the Brewers Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we, we've, we've brewed several beers. Was Vaporcone, was that Origin Malt? Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, it was with uh, Malt Europe and Origin Malt. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, we, we've, we've brewed several beers in the past with with, your, with y'all's product and um, really excited to, to see what comes out of this this big change in our lagers. Um, I am, too. Yeah. I didn't know that that was changing. So it's we, really we actually, um, <laughs> earlier today, before you got here, got uh, your logo sent to us so we could put it on our can uh, for the beers that are going to have your malt in it or have your malt in it. That's amazing. Yes, I, I moved it into the design Dropbox folder, and it is in there labeled... Oh, or Jamal logo, and yeah, we will start using. We'll start putting that on all of our uh, cans that feature your malt. Awesome! That's amazing. Thank you so much. We're honored. Yeah. Truly. Exciting stuff. Yeah. Well, anything else house beer specific we we should cover before we head into the tap room stuff? Whitney. We didn't really get to talk about Pills Malt. Well, we so should much, talk about yeah, Pills Malt. But I mean, we don't have to go into too yeah. much of it. It's the whole idea behind our Pills and Malt is that it's a little under modified. 
we're not going to do all the work in the malt house for the brewer. The brewer, brewer's got to do a little work, but, you know, it's because the maltster can adjust how much they're modifying and ma- and really mashing your your malt um, to, to some degree, for lack of a better term, in, in the germination process. So, so we try to target a little lower modification, that light color, which is huge, just to really debut what the, the lightest piece of the puzzle is in terms of the flavor of the malt. Am I am I thinking about this right? Is you know it's it's really hard to make a beer like this because there's nothing to hide behind. Is it is there a similar concept in making a malt that that's that's that light? Um, in terms of how challenging it is in the malt house. Yeah, yeah. There are several challenges in the malt house just because you have a lot of different very important parameters that are taking place. Your temperature is important. Your airflow is exceptionally important. Uh, your uniformity of modification is really important. So how much is the plant actually growing in the malt house itself? And how uniform is that across the entire the entire process, entire, all of every single kernel that you have in that particular batch? Um, so so there's there are a lot of pieces to the puzzle just in malting in general. Um, but yeah, there there are a lot of challenges even with the kilning process. You know, we want to make sure that we're not putting too much color on this malt, and we want to make sure that we're keeping the enzymes not denatured but deactivated. So if we denature the enzymes, then you can't use yeah, them. Yeah, doesn't help us. Yeah. So there's there are so many biochemical processes within the malting world that are exceptionally critical that we could talk about. We could talk about one piece of the puzzle in the malting process for days. We should have a beer after this and do that. Okay, <laughs> that sounds great. I have some really cool books too that you probably dig. Um. <laughs> Walt and Victor, before we uh, get away from house beer and move into the rundown, what uh, I'm sure that we get this in the, asked in the taproom all the time: Is house beer ever gonna? not be a taproom exclusive will Ooh. it ever find its way to the market I, inside information okay keep your your eyes open and your ears open because it may make it its way out in the market fairly soon good to know well, there you go more breaking news um yeah no it's uh it was when we we started to do and we and we, we really started to do it as a small batch and so it was like uh just to sort of keep a, a sort of lighter lager option kind of at all times at the tap room and because we wanted to have it all all times at the tap room we didn't send any of that out um just because we weren't making a ton of it but it's become very popular and we've made more of it and so uh, you know it's you know as you make more of it there's more to go around so yeah why not it is consistently either one or two in the tap room in terms of the numbers so yeah so yeah keep your eyes peeled and um i guess keep listening to this podcast and find out more <laughs> every time i come on i got something new to share so you'll hear from yeah. me once or twice victor's a year. on is victor's on it's a big exclusive <laughs> um, exclusive corner with yeah. victor's a new segment <laughs> but definitely for now um house beer available on tap and i believe in six packs at the do we have six packs right now yes yeah. we do yeah we do six packs to go um here at the tap room so if you want to try it out and try that origin malt um in a delicious uh 16 ounce package uh come come get some it's great. All right. Well, cool. All right, I'm going to move into the tap room portion of this thing. I'm just going to do a quick rundown as quick as I can. Um, yeah. Are you going to time me? <laughs> You're looking at your watch. <laughs> um, but as this podcast comes out on Thursday, June 15th, uh, we have live music tonight from Fox and Hounds. We have live music every Thursday night in the tap room, outdoor. Um, 
on the outdoor stage, weather permitting, of course. Um, Friday, tomorrow, we've got our uh, DJ series, the All Our Welcome DJ series, curated by our buds at the Freshest Events. That's every Friday at 9 p.m. This Friday is DJ Prime. So come on out and uh, dance your Friday away with us outside. This Saturday, um, with Pride going on over at Goodale Park, we are, uh, we're not going to have music on Saturday night, but we have Moto Yoga at 9.45 a.m. Tickets available on Moto Yoga's website um, and their Eventbrite. Uh, the crew do play away at uh, New York City FC. That's at 3.30. We'll have that on outside um, as well. But I do want to give a plug. We had our first edition of Jay Rawls's Salve event, his DJ series, last Saturday. And, and next month, July 8th, we've got a big name coming to the, the beer garden. Talib Kweli will be here um, DJing on July 8th as part of Jay Rawls's Salve series. You're going to want to be here for that one. It is free. It is outdoors. Um, get here early, and it's going to be awesome. Um, Sunday, it's Father's Day. Oh, Look at that. Maybe I'll get something cool. I don't remember you, too. <laughs> happy Father's Day, Walt. Yeah, happy, happy Father's, Father's Day. Day. Um, but as always, we show the F1 races. Um, Canadian Grand Prix is this Sunday at 2. Um, so get down here and drink some box box lager, uh, dry hop lager, and uh, watch the F1 race. Yeah. Uh, Mondays, we have our run club with Fleet Feet and our Cornhole League with GoCornhole.com. GoCornhole.com. Uh, Mikey's Late Night Slice here Monday. I should also mention that Ray Ray's. Barbecue is here Thursday through Sunday. Right, uh, Mikey's Late Night is here Thursday through Monday. Um, Tuesdays, we have Trivia and a Movie with our good friend Travis Hoesher. He has Pop Culture Trivia every Tuesday at 6.30, and we follow that up with a movie out in the beer garden. If you want to know what movie we're showing, you can call our land-grant movie phone at 313-LG-MOVIE, or you can follow us on Instagram at landgrantmoviephone there for the full list. If you're wondering why I don't just tell you what movie we're playing, it's because our licensing agreement does not allow me to do that. So you got to take the extra step. But it'll be a good movie. Trivia will be fun. And uh, come on down. Tortilla Street Feed here on Tuesday so you can have your um, Taco Tuesday. Uh, I will give a hint for the movie. It features one of my favorite lines of all, of all time where Paul Rudd says, the weather outside is weather. Yeah, it also <laughs> features the song Inside of You, which is one of my favorite yeah. songs. So... <laughs> <laughs> the weather outside is weather. Um, so there you go. That, if you get that, then you know what movie it is. And then uh, Wednesday, um, our, our boy Joey H. is releasing his music video for his new single, Brown Liquor. Um, come on down for that. Two Fat Indians here. Um, come support Joey. And, yeah, that's all we got. Um, I guess I should also mention Heat Check, our three-on-three basketball tournament. is going to be back. That is going to be Friday, July 14th, and Saturday, July 15th. So put that on your calendar. And that is it. Hey, Walt, can I, can I briefly steal your thunder? Yes, please. I, I just so, start going, and then I kind of black out. So I, I thought it, it might be important to talk about a couple of um, taproom only beers we have coming up or that are, that are on draft right now. Oh, yeah. Um, so we have, we have a, a nice malty German ale that's on that's actually probably be gone by the time this comes out. Uh, but we just tapped Cezanne. That's really, really beautiful. Um, we have uh, basically two handles we kind of dedicate to what we call Brewer's Taps, where we get to just do some fun stuff and uh, comp, you know, classic style stuff or just unique things that we're doing. So um, we have a Kolsch coming up and uh, Japanese rice lager. That is a, a pilot batch that we're doing, so Origin Malt, and then um, Jasmine Rice in there. So really excited about that. One of my favorite styles to drink. 
Um, and then we're also doing a, uh, a really nice low ABV uh, beer brew with the English yeast and has a really light citra dry hop that's going to be super drinkable. So we're trying to keep things low in alcohol and really crushable for the summer. Yeah. And I have the Saison in front of me, and it is amazing. So come in and have a taste. It's lovely. Yeah, we just tapped that day of recording. Is that, we just tapped that today? Yesterday? Yeah, yesterday maybe. Yeah. I think yesterday. So I'm going to go get that yeah. when we're done recording. And then we have a Whitbeer as well. Yeah, Whitbeer's on right now. That may be gone yep. by the time this podcast And then again, out. that's uh, it's got a bunch of Origin Pills mold in it. There you go. It's my namesake, and I also have a taster of it in front of me. <laughs> also delicious. Thank you very much, Victor. <laughs> it's, so that's my, my personal favorite style. Um, I love love that beer, and it's just really nice, beautiful spice character. Well, we are looking for a name for a whip beer, so maybe we, maybe we just call it Whitney Thompson. Uh, <laughs> Done. <laughs> there you we'll go. talk about that later. <laughs> Next week, um, we're talking about a fan favorite beer. I didn't realize this was coming out so early, but oh, I'm excited yeah. about it. People are always look forward to it. Creamsicle when it comes out every year. Yeah, summer favorite are, uh, are owed to the, the Dreamsicle, the orange and vanilla. Or I guess we'd brew it with tangerine. But tangerine, yep. But the, yeah, delicious. Excited for that to come, make it come back yeah. this year. Um, well, thank you for listening. Um, Whitney, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. You are welcome back anytime if you want to come nerd out with Victor we're, about yeah, any We're going to have to start another podcast about just being nerdy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. beer nerd. Yeah. <laughs> Fridays at three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's great. And Victor, thank you for coming on uh, for a full appearance. Yep. Happy we'll, to be here. We will bring you back. Um, you guys passed the test. Eric, you're always here, so that's good. Yeah, you know, no, yeah, nothing, nothing new to add there. <laughs> <laughs> Tip your bartenders. Yes. Uh, we look forward to seeing you down here uh, at our brewery and tap room here at 424 West Town Street. And uh, when you're down here, be sure to tip your bartenders and have a good time and enjoy some of these incredible beers. Our uh, awesome brewing staff is churning out, featuring Origin Malt. Malt. There you go. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Ow. Cheers.